It's Rico Daily. I'm Adam Clark Estes. Social and economic justice activism has been a big deal for millennials, especially in the past decade. From Occupy Wall Street to Black Lives Matter to, well, all things Bernie Sanders. It is about making a political revolution. And the messages of these movements have had a particular impact on the children of the super rich. Now that this generation is at an age where they're inheriting or accumulating large amounts of wealth, some of them are looking for ways to invest in change. Rico senior reporter Wizzy Kim has been following a burgeoning movement dubbed Anti-Capitalist Investing, and she joins us now to tell us more. Hey, Wizzy. Hey, Adam. Let's start with the most obvious question here. I mean, anti-capitalist investing? That sounds like an inherent contradiction. What does it mean? So anti-capitalist investing is, I would say, a very new emerging trend in investing that says we should not make so many investments into companies that are publicly traded on Wall Street and instead make these, you know, hyper-local, community-controlled investments into businesses like worker co-ops, where the ownership structure is more democratic. It's mostly wealthy people who started off in social justice activism. And the eventual goal is to change who controls capital in our society. Because right now, the vast majority of it is held among just a few people, right? And that's kind of what makes it anti-capitalist. You're trying to share the wealth, share the capital, so that ordinary people, working class people, have a say in how the economy is run instead of just being exploited by the economy as many people in this space feel they are. Who is this for? Who gets to participate in anti-capitalist investing? Well, it's mostly wealthy inheritors at this point, although it's not always. It's for social justice-minded people who inherited a lot of money. They don't want to hoard it. They want to redistribute their wealth in a different way than has been done up until now. It's actually not very accessible unless you're wealthy. The way that you talk about it, it makes me kind of think of like the children of the robber barons from the Gilded Age who, who, who went on to become some of the, the greatest philanthropies the world has ever known. What are some examples of these kinds of investments? So something like a community-controlled loan fund. There's a nonprofit called Seed Commons that a lot of people doing anti-capitalist investing really speak highly of. And they give out what are called non-extractive loans to local cooperative businesses. So a non-extractive loan would kind of be a loan where repayment doesn't come until you actually make a profit. And even then, it's going to be a much lower repayment than a typical loan might be. Some of these loans might be decided by the community in terms of local working class people decide who we should give the loan to. And the basic idea is it shouldn't be just a few rich people sitting on a board deciding where money should go. So that's one example. 
Another will be something like worker cooperatives. So some of the firms I spoke to, they're really focusing on giving investments to this type of business because workers have so much more of a say in how their work life goes, how much they get paid than in typical businesses where workers don't really have that much of a say. Uh, there's also another project called the Boston Ujima Project that um, basically is trying to create like a micro economy using some of these community controlled loans. And basically everyone in this community, even if you're not an investor giving money, can sign up to have a vote. And community members will vote on where investment funds should be spent. Should it be spent on a local business? Should it be spent on a local arts initiative? Uh, it, so it's a very democratic structure. But typically the term investing means getting some kind of return. How is that possible with these kinds of investments? There are some people who don't want to return and they feel secure enough in their financial situation that they don't need that. But, you know, many still do get some return. It would just be lower than if they'd invested more traditionally um, in a fund, just all Wall Street investments. And these people might figure out a rate that just allows them to keep enough wealth to maintain their current lifestyle, but not feel like they're hoarding too much wealth. And I think the difference is that other forms of ethical investing still tend to make financial return an equal priority to the ethical values they're trying to promote. But anti-capitalist investing is going further than this. It's saying that social justice should be the top priority. Forgive me if I'm being a little bit dense. How does this differ from philanthropy? I think a lot of people do both this kind of investing and philanthropy. But one difference I've heard is that through anti-capitalist investing, they feel like they can help communities have more economic self-determination than a lot of philanthropy. The fact that they're giving to businesses that are controlled by workers, it allows them to really take charge of money, of capital, and decide what to do with it and what kind of community they'd like to build with it. Another aspect is that investing into something like a loan fund will be more self-sustaining than philanthropy. If the worker co-op you loan to does really well and turns a profit and is unable to share some of that profit back to the lender, they're essentially paying it forward to help the next business or community wealth fund that needs a loan. But why is this happening now with this generation? I think that... First, we are in a moment where social justice has become more of a priority for a lot of people. In the aftermath of the 2020 racial justice protests and the ongoing pandemic, it's just on the forefront of a lot of people's minds now. We're seeing a rise of the socialist movement and people who are looking to really scrutinize our current economic system and figure out what's a better way to structure it. But also, another reason why this might be happening now is we're going through the great wealth transfer, an unprecedented transfer of wealth from baby boomers to their younger family members. And it's a chance for a lot of people receiving this new wealth to reconsider, do I want to do things the way they've been done throughout history or do I want to use this chance to change the way wealth is distributed? So I think we're at a turning point. Well, you've given me a picture of the types of people that are doing this, the generation, and kind of broadly what anti-capitalist investment looks like. But are there actually 
companies or, or investment firms set up to do this? Yeah, there's a few. The only explicitly anti-capitalist firm that I have spoken to is called Cordata Capital. They call themselves an anti-capitalist wealth management firm, which is kind of a surprising thing to hear, right? Uh, and their whole deal is not just helping people divest some of their investments from Wall Street, but actually positively investing into alternatives like worker co-ops. Okay, so Cordata Capital calls itself an anti-capitalist wealth management firm. Are there others? Yes, there are. There's the group called uh, Resource Generation, and they've been really good about kind of connecting um, wealthy people to financial advisors, to financial experts who can help them with this sort of anti-capitalist investing. Uh, the term they tend to use is transformative investing. There are a few firms who do similar work to Cordata. There's also Values Added Financial, Just Wealth, which are some other firms that I spoke to for this piece. But it's a small list. It's just a couple dozen at this point, although Resource Generation notes that it is growing. And are these firms and the people that use them completely divested from Wall Street? No, it's really a spectrum of divestment at this point. It's hard to just wake up one day and say that you're completely divesting from Wall Street because the industry is just not built for that. Well, Wizzy, the, the more we talk about this, the more familiar it feels. I feel like I've heard of already established big financial institutions talk about ethical or socially responsible investment. Is this the same thing as anti-capitalist investment? I think the people doing this would say absolutely not. <laughs> I think they would say that transformative investing is the cutting edge of this broader ethical investing space. And it's a term that's being used by the resource generation set because socially re responsible investing or ESG investing doesn't quite capture what they want to do. It's not going far enough for them. And as probably a lot of us have heard by now, a lot of socially responsible investing can be very vague. There's not one standard definition for what that is. So it can be hard to really measure impact, to see how much good that it's actually doing. And I think anti-capitalist investing wants to be clearer, wants to be more accountable by saying, these are the types of investments that we do want to do, and these are what we are absolutely not going to do. And here is the structure of the new economy that we want to help bring in. They want to avoid getting co-opted by greenwashers or impact washers who might say, who might claim we're all for social justice and for anti-capitalism, but in practice, they're not actually doing much to change anything. What would you say is the ultimate goal of this movement? I think the ultimate goal of this movement is to redistribute wealth enough that it transforms the economy. And by doing so, they would like to end the existence of inheritors as we know them. And that's their end goal. All right, Wizzy, thank you. Today's episode was produced and engineered by John Ahrens. I'm Adam Clark Estes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.